Every Thursday, Andy Griffin sits down and hashes it out with the mayors of Southern Utah. What's going on in your town? Find out now. It's Mayor Thursday on News Radio 94.9, 890 KDXU. And welcome, Andy Griffin, with you live from Hash House to Go-Go. I'm joined today by Hurricane Mayor John Brammel. Thank you, John, for coming in, making the trek into town here and uh, spending an hour or so with us this morning. Good to see you, man. Good to be here. Life's treating you well? Oh, yeah. The elk and the buffalo roam? They're, they're roaming and doing <laughs> great. Cattle are doing great. Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear. John, uh, for those that don't know, mayor of Hurricane City, but he's also a rancher. And he doesn't just ranch, uh, you know, sheep or pigs or cattle. He has elk and buffalo or bison, I guess. Is yeah. That... Either one works. <laughs> and uh, and that's treated you well. You've been doing yeah. that for how long now? Oh, about the elk and the buffalo about six years and cattle for 20 years. Wow. 21 years, I guess now. Well, it must be treating you well. You wouldn't keep doing it, right? Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, uh, we're here, obviously, to talk a little bit about Hurricane City and some of the things that are happening there. Uh, but if you have questions for the mayor, you want to talk about growth or trash pickup or whatever's on your mind, maybe pothole on a road that you drive on out in a hurricane, uh, you can give us a call. 673-5890 is the phone number. 673-5890. We're at Hash House of Go-Go with Mayor John Brammel from uh, Hurricane City. Uh, Mayor, uh, I guess we ought to start maybe with some upcoming events. So you guys have a half marathon 5K coming up. We do. That's this Saturday? I believe so. This Saturday. Are you going to run it? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> Might get them started. But maybe if they let you ride a horse, huh? Yeah, if I rode a horse or an ATV or a bike. Yeah. And then uh, Peach Day is a week. I think it's a week from today, right, when it gets going? Yeah, a week from today. Peach Day is one of our favorite holidays. Tell me a little bit about, uh, well, I mean, let's go back. Peach Days, how did it get started? Why Peach Days? Is there a hurricane? I mean, you think Georgia, right, when you think of peaches, but why would we think a hurricane? Well, for a lot of years, um, Hurricane supported the county fair and um, was in charge of the county fair. And then the county, oh, about 20 years ago, said, hey, we want to take it over and do it as a county. And so when the county quit doing or when the county took it over, then Hurricane said, well, we love our own little event here, and let's call it Peach Days and have our own little celebration also. And so for 20-something years, we've been doing Peach Days, and it's been a great little get-together for our community and for neighbors and friends, and everybody's invited. We usually get about 20,000 visitors that come and play at Peach Days, and Lots of vendor booths, funnel cakes, um, hot dogs, all kinds of treats, all kinds of gadgets and w- gadgets and yeah, fun, L- lot of fun. Of and I didn't, you know, I didn't really. I, I assumed Pete's Days had been around like a lot, of, like Swiss Days in Santa Clara. I, I assumed it had been around for a hundred years, but not so. It's a relatively new event. Well, if you count the um, eighty years prior of fair. of the fair, yeah, it's been around for a hundred years for, as a community celebration over 100 years um i now do we have a car show this year at peach days no the car, car show car. is at easter easter okay we have a car show at peach days mostly just vendor booths and and then lots of entertainment um out on the grounds and in the um in the hurricane fine arts center and we've got the, the dutton 
family come in and singing. Oh yeah, 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 very very famous. Uh, now, John, I, I know I, Mayor John Pike is a singer. Are you going to sing for us at Peach Days this year? No, no, uh, not, I, not even a maybe or kind of uh, just a flat out no. I, I can sing, but um, I'd rather have others sing. So. Okay. Okay, you, uh, I imagine there will be a, uh, some kind of ribbon cutting or speech or something if, that you have to do. If I have somebody right next to me singing, I can probably sing with them, but otherwise I go pretty flat. You'd rather not do solo is what I, you're saying. I have kids who have perfect pitch. and Really? And I don't have perfect pitch. So. No, me neither. No. But all the, all the music that I hear sounds good to me, and people say, oh, that organ or this sounds bad or that, and it all sounds good to me, so I guess I'm... I'm one of those who just loves music, uh, yeah. any type. And I'm with you. Yep. Like the radio and like the. I never, I never hit a wrong note when I play the radio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a couple of people on the uh, on the line, Mayor. If you want to take some calls, you okay with that? You bet. I believe we have Ryan on line one. Ryan, are you with us? Ryan, are you there? Hello. Yeah, Ryan, go ahead. This isn't Ryan. Oh, okay. But, well, uh, who is this? Well, let's just say I want to stay anonymous right now. Oh, okay. Okay, I got a question. I've uh, moved from California up here five years ago. And of course, I am. Well, I was born and raised in Utah, but always wanted to stay in southern Utah. Got my wish. The only thing about hurricane that bothers me, and I need to know why we don't have an ordinance, or if we do. Um, I love this town, but. When I go by some of these homes in the town with a bunch of junkyards in the front yard, it doesn't look very nice. It's not very pretty. It doesn't help uh, the city or, you know, uh, to look pretty or anything like that. Is there any way we can get people to have front yards with a bunch of junk in it to clean it up and get rid of it? Well, that's a good question. Um, we do cite people and we do talk to people about their yards and there's some people who they deem their front yards a beautiful front yard, and to other people it's a garbage dump or junk, and they deem it a treasure. And some cities have cited people and taken them to court and spent a quarter million dollars because what one person deemed was uh, their treasures, like their antique cars or their habitat for their quail or whatever they right. that the city went in and cleaned up. Um, when they went to court, Tom, they found out that people do have some property rights under the Constitution of the United States. and So it's a fine line. We do have codes and covenants and restrictions, and some cities spend millions of dollars uh, enforcing those codes, covenants, and, the, and restrictions. And We have talked about having a code enforcer. We've had one in the past, and then um, it was done away with, and we've looked at funding a code enforcer again. And if there's something illegal or inappropriate, uh, we do have police, and I go and talk to different people about issues that we have. So I, I do care about our city, and we've done a lot of cleanup, but um, there are still areas in town that we're working on, and we'll keep working at it. Well, yeah, I think we could do a better job at that by uh, uh, making it faster or whatever. But anyway, I, there's several homes. I mean, five years, it still looks like a junkyard. So there's got to be some kind of responsibility, not only for the city, but also the people. Uh, if you don't have an ordinance that requires them to have 
the yard picked up and cleaned up, then we need to get that done. Uh, it doesn't uh, help people with the value of their homes at all. But that's something I can see done, and that's it. But thank you. We we do have ordinances that do require it, and we do cite people, and there are people who have paid fines and do pay fines for what is inappropriate at their house. I imagine it's a source of frustration for you, Mayor, because uh, I've always been of the opinion uh, that you know you have to have pride in where you live, and and, right. and and that means you know doing your lawn, and that means not leaving junk in the yard and things like that. And and I I, I get the feeling you're the same way. Our caller, I think, is the same way. But quite frankly, there's people out there that don't feel that way, that don't really care. Uh, oftentimes it's homeowners. Oftentimes it's it's actually tenants or renters, uh, you know, and what their motivation is, I'm not sure. But uh, you mentioned the lawsuits. I mean, at what point, I mean, do you, is there a line you say, okay, we, we're going to cite them a couple of times. Uh, is there a line where you say we have got to do something and it's going to involve, you know, using lawyers or, you know, at what point do you do you say we, we've got to cut bait and just let this go? We we have um, had lawyers and had the city lawyer involved, and we have cited people, and we've taken them to court. We've added their the fees for cleaning up to their property taxes. And we've we've done we've cleaned up a lot of places, but there's still places that we talk to people, and they still have don't take pride in their own home and community. But we've come a long ways, but uh, the caller's right. Um, we still have ways to go. I've, I've lived in Hurricane. I've lived in Washington. I currently now reside in St. George uh, just as of a few weeks ago. Uh, and I can tell you, it's, it's not just a problem in Hurricane or, or Washington. And I will say this. There were some areas in Washington where I really frustrated, you know, drive by and, like, you know, that's a gateway to my neighborhood or my area, and there's this big junkie whatever, and, and, and it is frustrating as a resident, and I feel the pain of, of this caller that called, and I know you uh, are also frustrated about it. Is there anything beyond the law that we can do? Is I mean, are we, do we need a marketing campaign? Or would that even help if we had one? Well, I'll give you two or three issues. Um, one, there are people who chew out other people who have farm equipment who have farms. And they think the farm equipment looks terrible and terrible in the community. And yet to other people, it's nostalgic and beautiful. Yeah. And, hey, this was great-grandpa's tractor or grandpa's tractor. It's been in the family for years as well as equipment. And and it means a lot to them. And there are some people who have old 60s, 70s, 80s vehicles. And to them, that's a treasure. And they love it in their, mm-hmm. next to their house or in their yard. And another person is... Why don't you get rid of that old piece of junk? And, yeah. And, you know, uh, beauty and treasure is in the eye of the beholder. And <laughs> so it's a, it's a fine line. Uh, one man's junk's another man's treasure. And uh, it's, a, it's a hard thing to enforce when yeah. they have certain property rights. And what one person deems is beautiful, another person deems is inappropriate or doesn't look good. Well, you bring up a really great point in that, you know, ordinances are there. You can find people. You can, like you said, include it in their property taxes. And everything. But in the end, if these people decide not to do anything about it, uh, it's not worth millions of dollars to try to get them to move their washing machine or, or their, you know, 1972 Nova 
No, actually, that's a nice car. 1972 Vega out of the front yard. <laughs> yeah. If you had a Nova, I'd be okay. I'd actually want to buy your old 72 Nova if you want to get rid of that, but uh, not the Vega. Well, and, and that's, uh, that, that's, that's exactly the same point. To one person, the Vega's beautiful, and the other person, the Nova's beautiful, and another person, the old um, Edsel is beautiful, and other people, an old Chevy's beautiful, or an old Ford, and it's just... Yeah. It's a tough thing to keep everybody happy. Yep. All right, let's go to line two. Caller, you're on with uh, Andy and with Mayor Bramble from uh, Hurricane City. How are you today? I'm great. <laughs> um, Thank you for calling. Yeah, so uh, this isn't what I called about, but I, I don't know, Mayor. Maybe you'd better get rid of that heritage uh, corner there. <laughs> it's got all sorts of farm implements on it. Yeah, um, beauty in the eye of the beholder, right? <laughs> anyway, um, I do think people can get carried away, but if a car is licensed, it does, it's not junk. So anyway, and mm-hmm. yeah, I do know some are for display. I mean, you know, farm implements and things like that. But on the lighter side, I have not lived here all of my life, but I've lived here longer than a lot of people have been alive, so... Um, not a lot of people, some people. Um, my understanding, it was, it was, uh, the county fair when I was here, but, moved here, but, um, the reason we call it Peach Days is we started with Peach Days and the county actually asked if they could let us, the Hurricane City, take over uh, the county and have it become the county fair. I could be wrong, but I'm sure I've seen pictures and photographs of the old um, peach days from way back when. So that's, anyway, so, so it so has peach been days, around for a long time. <laughs> peach days became the fair, and then it, it now transitioned back to peach days since that's the fair. Yes, yep. yes, when they pulled out a, of Hurricane, or the main, went since, yeah, mm-hmm. pulled out who was in charge and everything, who was right. of it. Okay. Yeah, we used There's to have been celebrations <laughs> of yeah. harvest time and peaches and, and uh, big community events and get together and dancing and rodeos. Peach Day is a big thing at Hurricane. We love it. That's a big yeah. community event. And people right, come thanks. from other places for it. But. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we love thanks. to have them come. <laughs> thank you for the call. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank okay. you. Bye. Now, now, uh, I raised, I wouldn't say I raised my boys in Hurricane, but we spent uh, quite a few years in Hurricane. I think it was seven years we lived in, in Hurricane City. And uh, quite often we drew the assignment to go out and work in the uh, in the uh, orchard that was owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, it very easily could be named Apricot Days as well as Peace Days because we, we, we thinned and picked and, and sorted and everything, a lot of apricots over the years, but uh, you know what? There were some fantastic orchards in, in mm-hmm. Hurricane City. I think there's still some orchards there, but not as many, and I know the church sold them off. Is that is that what happened? Well, the church still owns the property, and they've okay. torn out most of the peaches there, and they've leased out the property that they still own. They still own about a 110 acres, and most of it is in alfalfa and uh, grain, or grain hay production right now, but about 20 acres are still in peaches on the old church farm, and and there are three or four that still produce peaches and sell them commercially as a business. 
Well, I'm not a, an agriculturalist or a horticulturalist, but uh, I would think that our dry climate isn't necessarily great for orchards, but they made it work. Oh, the, it does take a lot of water, and ideally the peaches are best if they are watered once a week. If we get monsoonal moisture and um, and lightning, uh, that helps make them sweeter. The, the nice thing about hurricane peaches is they are a low-acid peach, and so they are sweeter, and hmm. so people love hurricane peaches. Um, you go further north where some of the peaches are more acidy, and they're not as tasty to those of us who like low-acid peaches. We're spoiled, aren't we? We yeah. are, yeah. We, uh, when I went to, I, I just uh, got back from vacation a couple of weeks ago, went to San Diego. On the way back, I sat next to a guy who is an avocado uh, farmer. Would it be a farmer? They're on trees, right? So it would be more of a, a avocado, avocado farm, yeah. farm. Yeah, and boy, he started talking about the uh, number of days that certain plants need to freeze uh, and number of days that, you know, you can you can grow certain types of plants and avocados. And But he had some uh, nectarines. That he shared with my wife and I, uh, some of the best nectarines I've ever had in my life. But incredible, uh, incredible uh, avocado farmer. But he started, man, he was getting in deep. He was talking about days of freeze and certain temperatures and things like that. And I know that's your business a little bit in, in knowing about the climate and plants and, and animals and things like that. But mm-hmm. I was I was in over my head when we started talking avocados and, and things like that. Yeah. So... All right, it's time to check in with weather. We'll go back to the studio with Craig Bennett standing by with the latest in weather. We'll be back. I'm at Hash House of Gogo with Mayor John Bramble. Come by and say hi at Hash House of Gogo if you want to. He's the mayor of Hurricane City. Or uh, give us a call, 673-5890 is the phone number. More with the Andy Griffin Show and Mayor Bramble right after this. Live from the Hash House of Gogo, here's Andy Griffin. Welcome back. We're with Mayor John Bramble from Hurricane City. He's the mayor. Uh, how long have you been the mayor now, John? I'm in my sixth year. Sixth year. And so you've got an election two years away, right? Yep. Not not next year, though. Right? No. no okay. Two more years. Two, two years away. Are you planning on running again? Probably not. Probably not. Oh, wow. But It will have been. I will have served the city 22 years between um, being on the planning commission and the council and in mayor, finally mayor. So you're ready to hang up your your political. I think uh, it might be time for somebody else to serve. Uh, go go fishing instead. I need to go fishing and visit grandkids. Maybe go do other community service. Well, well, uh, John, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, city managers, and you know, in in this part of the uh, state, in this part of the country. Uh, city managers do a lot of stuff because we have part-time mayors, so they have to do a lot of the day-to-day right. operation of cities. And I don't want to talk specifically about any one city manager, and I'm sure your city manager is a great man. Uh, I know over in Washington City there's been some stuff online about the city manager because he's also the city manager for, I guess, Hilldale, is it? Uh, and he's also a professor at the university and things like that. And, and, and you know, I'm not criticizing him. All I'm saying is uh, – do you feel like a city manager should be his whole job should be just the manager of that city because it seems like a really busy job? Well, as long as the city manager is doing their job, mm. you know what this is still point. America. So yeah. what they do after their hours and on weekends or whatever is up to them. I know city managers who are accountants and who are business people who 
and they have other degrees and have other interests and other hobbies, and I don't fault anybody for living in America and enjoying the freedoms. Uh, and, you know, if they put in their 40 to 50 hours to serve the city and do their job and and are getting their job done, I, I have no problem. It's I mean, I, I look at myself. Um, I work three other jobs, and I'm a part-time mayor, and, and yet I eventually call everybody back or, or at least try to. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's a great point, and and honestly, any criticism that anyone would have of any uh, high-profile job like a city manager, you've got to start right there, very first. Is he doing his job? And if he's doing his job, what can you complain about? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I know a lot of people say, "Well, he could do his job more." Well, yeah, we all could, right? We all could put seventy yeah. or eighty hours in for our forty-hour. Uh, Been there and done that for yes, different companies. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So uh, I think that's a great point, and you, you really you, you really uh, illustrated nicely that uh, if he's doing his job, it doesn't matter what he does uh, within reason uh, during his uh, during his off hours. Now, of course, if he's you know, a, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to go. If he, if he uh, I'm, well, I'm partial. I, you know, I, from my perspective, if, if every city in America had a city manager like we have, um, America would be in great shape, and every city and every state and the nation would be bal- have balanced budgets. and Who is your city manager? Uh, Clark Fawcett. Clark he, Fawcett, okay. He's been there over 30 years and done a great job. But he took over a little tiny town with um, some financial problems, and now we um, fund depreciation, and we take really good care of our city and have made lots of improvements, but we don't break the budget doing it. And we spend... 10 to 20 million dollars um, running our city and i think st george is more like 250 to 350 million yeah a lot of money yeah. they have about four times the population we have so we, i hope to keep our budget small and i think we play pay plenty of taxes for where we're at clark foss a little pat on the back from the mayor for clark foss that's yeah. awesome I, we, I love to hear that we have great uh, great staff and great employees and we we all have our assets and liabilities, and we work within those. And he's a great asset to the community, along with other staff in the city. Do you mind me asking about your police force? How, how many? Uh, you, Hurricane has its own independent police force, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how many officers do you have? One of the the, the reasons I ask is I had a county commissioner on, and he 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 told me a number that blew me away. He said, in the state of Utah alone. There are 600 openings for law enforcement officers. They just can't get enough people to fill those jobs. Are you having that kind of situation in the hurricane? And how many uh, how many we, openings do you have? We have. We've got all of our openings filled right now. Um, we might be recruiting one, but um, and we've funded a couple of new positions for the new year. As the city grows, you've got to have enough police to keep policing. Mm-hmm. And keep the city clean, and keep the keep keep things taken care of. And there are recommended amounts, and we try to follow those guidelines within reason and yeah. within the budget. But we have about twenty five police police force for a town of twenty thousand, which uh, that's that's not a lot. But um, uh, the other thing is we have animal control, and we have volunteers in policing who are. Some of them are former police officers who have retired and just want to volunteer time and mm. help police the community and help 
enforce codes and keep the city cleaned up. Um, our Hurricane Police Force does a great job, and I, I support them. The city council supports them. One of the problems and one of the reasons they're having a hard time filling jobs or positions and statewide public safety is missing about 700, you know, about 100 firefighters short. Mm. And part of our problem is the states around us fund their retirement programs better than oh. Utah is currently funding their retirement programs, and that's a that's attractive to someone. Yeah, when you look attractive. at look at the future. Yeah, I have a son-in-law that works out of state who would love to work in state if uh, the Utah retirement system was as competitive as hmm. Nevada or Idaho or Colorado or California. Or is there anything New Mexico we, or Arizona? Anything we can do about that? Is there any way we can, you know, make a case or, or well, put people a talk. Or? People talk to our legislators about it, and our legislators believe in balancing the budget so they balance the budget and they don't do like california and spend 28 billion more than they take they in have, yeah. we 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 don't want to put that burden on our federal government or or keep increasing taxes so it is a catch-22 um, i support our public safety people uh, our firemen and our policemen do a great job and and um we try to treat them with fairness and equity, and I think when you do and you treat treat them with respect, uh, you know, when I hear people trash police officers, well, when you have a problem, who are you going to call if you're right. going to trash your own police officers? Right. You know, and I think it's sad when the media makes police officers out to be bad guys when in all respects they're the good guys and they try to make them appear bad and um, i don't know a police officer that isn't in it full-heartedly to serve the community serve the neighbors and do a great job you know and to be fair there have been a bad a bad cop they, they call them occasionally but when you think about the sheer number of, uh, of law enforcement people we have in this country and the fact that you know Say in one year there might be five incidences where a police officer has done something really bad, and there are literally hundreds of thousands of police officers in the country. The, the, the numbers don't add up. People, I mean, it's sensationalized because of the media and because of TV shows, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But but it, there's no reason uh, for us to not trust a police officer. I compare my, you know, I, my daughter. Uh, she's 17 years old. Last time we took an airline flight, she was too young to really remember. She's like three or four years old, mm-hmm. maybe even two. Anyway, uh, we were on an airplane where we were going out to San Diego, and she was a little bit scared. She was kind of grabbing my arm, digging her nails in, you know, nervous. And mm-hmm. I said, "What are you nervous about?" And now, this particular daughter of mine, Katie, is very logical. And I said to her, listen, Katie, let's be logical about this. How many flights do you think there are every single day in the United States? And, of course, you do the math. There's thousands and thousands of flights every single day in the U.S. I said, okay, now when's the last time you heard of a commercial airline crash in the United States of America? And poor mayor did a little coughing fit. Are you okay? All right. <laughs> anyway. Took a little drink and went down the wrong pipe. We, uh, we, uh. And so I appealed to her. I said, when's the last time you heard of a commercial airline crash in the U.S.? And she's like, I can't remember the last one. I said, exactly. There are thousands and thousands every single day, and you can't even remember the last time one one has happened. I said, be logical about it. What are the odds that this plane that you're on right now are going to crash? And the odds were were zero or almost zero. Oh, yeah. I have two brother-in-laws that fly, and they fly all over the world daily. 
no accidents. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, it's the same with same thing with our police officers. I mean, the odds of, of a police officer doing something improper are very, very low. Uh, we we fully support here on the Andy Griffin Show. We fully put, uh, support our police force and and obviously all the public servants, first responders. Now, I guess oh, is what we like to call absolutely. them. Absolutely. Well, I support our military too. Our mm-hmm. people who put their lives on the line for defending and protecting freedoms around the world. I tip my hat to them. And my father served in the military. My <clears throat> father-in-law served in the military. And my wife's uncle was killed in in the hmm. World War Two. So, all right, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, line one, caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor John Bramble from Hurricane City. How are you today? Would that be me? That's you. Hello. Uh, yes, I have a little different take than that other gentleman that was on earlier. Uh, I've driven all over the United States, and my uh, my uh, for. Uh, uh, my 80 years, and uh, I, I look at beauty everywhere. America is beautiful. I've flown across the United States. You look down and the farms and, and everything in the Midwest, it's just so beautiful. I've never been on a road where I, but what I, I might have seen a mess. If I look on the other side of the road, it's beautiful over there. I would suggest that that gentleman just try to look at the good things. We're here on Earth for a trial, and some people are a little slower and messier than others. But when we get to the other side, from the testimonies that I have read, everything is beautiful and great. And I suggest we just have patience with our neighbors and uh, love them and try to help them maybe make make it better and, and otherwise mind our own business. <laughs> well said. You know, I, uh, your your comments remind me of a man who came to me and he said, Hey, Mary, you need to beat up this person and tell him to clean up his yard and do do what he can do. And I knew the family, unfortunately. <laughs> and I said, yeah. well, there you realize they've had this medical problem and that. And I said, I'll bet if you get with some neighbors and volunteer to help, <clears throat> they'll buy the, equi- the stuff to improve their improve and, and their. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Some people like to look at uh, a yard full of cars, and some like to look at a yard full of roses. And uh, yeah. like I say, I, you, you never see something ugly on both sides of the road at the same time. I don't think I've ever done that. Yeah. And, and to their credit, that guy. Thanks that, for calling, yeah. To his credit, the guy who talked to me went home, talked to some neighbors, <clears throat> and they all volunteered time and helped their neighbor get their their yard landscaping done and the neighbor was grateful he and his wife were poorer than those who were retired they were a young couple trying to get started and that's exactly right we're we're all at different levels and we have to be patient and uh and helpful thank you very much for letting me express my opinion yeah thanks for calling today thank you Let's, uh, we've got to get a break, and I do want to thank uh, Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a local loan consultant focusing on customer service. Uh, Joe offers more than 25 years of experience in home loans, refis, reverse mortgages, et cetera, et cetera. And listen to some of these reviews online. The average is 4.9 out of 5 stars, uh, including Alan from Laverkin. He said, Joe and his team, amazing to work with. They always answer questions. It's the easiest loan process I've ever done. Suzette said, uh, yeah, completed transaction on May and incredibly satisfied. That's Joe Shoney. The email is joe.shoney, S-E-H-O-N-E-Y, at N-A-F-I-N-C dot com. And the phone number 
Uh, again, is 435-586-0063. That's 435-586-0063. We'll be back with uh, more with Mayor Bramble right after this. Live from the Hash House of Go-Go, here's Andy Griffin. All right, thanks again to Mayor Don Bramble from Hurricane City for coming on the show with us. I think we've got Seth on the line. Uh, Seth, are you there today? I really am, and let me just, I spent a lot of time uh, um, flying, uh, doing human resources work for a major oil company, and uh, when we would get off the airplane, the uh, pilot would always say, uh, thank you for flying, whoever, and uh, by the way, you're about to enter the most dangerous part of your trip, and that's the drive home. And then he would use statistics about 20 times more likely to die in an uh, automobile crash than you are in an airplane. And so I think if people would just look at the statistics and try to understand that, you know, it's a big deal when something happens in the sky because there's so much uh, death, uh, you know, at one time. But statistically, uh, driving in a vehicle is much more dangerous. And I hope you and the mayor are able to get home okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're back to work. And, and let's go. Um, I attended the uh, Police Citizens Academy, and they went over in St. George, and I would recommend both of you guys uh, attend that class. It's just quite enlightening and and educational. And the process that they go through to screen police and fire and the like, and especially the the 911 operators and and the difficulty and and intelligence required to do these jobs. Uh, And as as we see on TV, they're getting a horrible um, reputation. We're throwing water on the police. We're uh, throwing bottles at them. We're dropping pieces of concrete on their head. Um, Mm. uh, And, you know, and the pay is certainly not uh, proportional to the amount of risk and job requirements required to do the job, plus the physical stamina. Most of the people that um, apply, even for the military these days, can't pass the physical exams. That's right. It's incredibly so, so we're right. talking about the cream of the cream. We're talking about the uh, uh, some of the most elite people that uh, uh, we can possibly imagine. We're paying them far less than in Salt Lake City or Provo or a big uh, operation, and so they must make a sacrifice to work in our communities. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, and actually. You know, for decades now, they've ridden the coattails of, well, it's cool to be a police officer. It's cool to give service. And now that the, it's cool is going away, it's seemingly, uh, I think that's why they're struggling to get people. Exactly. I, I mean, if you're going to make a million dollars a year uh, serving the people, that's one thing. But uh, this, these people are really, and that's one of the reasons why we have a hard time retaining people locally here, is they can go to Las Vegas. I don't know why anybody would want to go there. Um, and, and, and serve and, and do their, their job there for maybe double the money. Yeah, yeah. And, and as Mayor said a little while ago, the retirement uh, programs are 
just uh, leaps and bounds better than what Utah offers. Exactly. There's much more to the hiring process than just the take-home wage and and the benefit package. And from from certain stated jobs, for instance, is about forty-one percent. And in the average business, nobody can afford forty-one percent benefits and vacation and holidays and four hundred one k's and all of those kind of things. Yeah, oh, you're absolutely right, and, and and it's becoming epidemic. And the thing is, we still need them. We need them, in fact, more than ever. And now, as Gil Omkus pointed out a few weeks ago, we're we're getting to the point where we just don't have enough people that are willing to do it anymore. Exactly, because you know, and so it's it's my mission is is to encourage everyone. Be respectful and uh, polite to the police and and, uh, law enforcement, and you're going to find it will come back to you a hundred times because they don't want to be hassled and and criticized and made ridiculed uh, because they're just trying to do their job. Yep. Right. Yep. Good point, Seth. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Good to talk to you today. We're down to our last uh, three minutes or so, Mayor. Um, one of the things I wanted to explore before we let you go, now you've got uh, a unique thing about Hurricane is you have the Washington County Sheriff's Department and the Purgatory Correctional Facility and the Youth Detention Facility within the technical bounds of Hurricane. Uh, is there some conflict there? Do the, the, the organizations work at Hurricane City Police versus the County Sheriff? How does that all sort out, the relationship between those two uh, divisions? We work well together. We have interlocal agreements. The sheriff's department does a great job. Um, I think it's uh, one one person said, Mayor, have you looked on the Internet at how many um, sex offenders are in Hurricane? And I said, yeah, most of them are. They're all all in one building. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Anyway, it's kind of cute. But, um, yeah, the. Sheriff's Department does a great job. Um, we just work together with them on the county fair, and I asked the sheriff, how are we doing? And, oh, great. And I asked the chief of police, oh, they're great to work with. So it's um, mutual respect and good. <laughs> work good. together. Do, do, is there, like, like, so sheriffs, do they patrol in Hurricane City, or do they pretty much avoid the actual city proper? They actually patrol the county, and they have agreements in some of the cities like Apple Valley and south of Hurricane, the areas that have been um, annexed into Hurricane. The county sheriff's department does those, and and we have agreements that if they're passing through town and they see a lawbreaker, then they can pull them over or give them a ticket or... I was in. Uh, I was uh, up north last weekend. Saw Orem police officer pulling people over in Provo City, and my daughter's like, "Hey, they can't do that. That's not their thing." Well, they, yeah, there's usually a, agreements in there, especially if the violation took place in their city and they happen to follow you into another city. Right. There's no problem at all, right? There, there's no, no territorialism. Yeah, we have agreements with the Highway Patrol too, so they can come through and take care of things. How does that get sorted out with the courts if, if it? If the violation takes place in your city, it goes to Hurricane City Court. Otherwise, it would go to county. It, it goes in the Hurricane City Court, and otherwise, it goes to the county. Uh huh. What if it's right on the border? How do they? It's, you could, you uh, figure out we where. have it defined. If it's uh, <laughs> a foot into the county, it's in the county court, and if it's a foot into our 
city, then it's in our city court. How big is your court? Do you have just the one clerk, or do you have several clerks? We have one clerk and one attorney that's prosecuting attorney, and then one judge. He hears all the cases. My my wife, by the way, is the court clerk for Washington City, so oh, I have a little bit of a vested interest in the court system <laughs> uh, in, in Washington County. Uh, and she's actually been there for... I want to say 24 years wow, or something great. like that. In fact, even when we lived in Hurricane, she commuted to Washington City as mm-hmm. their court clerk. So, um, yeah, she loves it, loves the courts, and and we love our we love our law enforcement. And I really feel like, you know, a lot of people get, can get sour on them, especially when you what you watch on TV. Uh, and you know, I, I've always been of the opinion, and I will still may be of this opinion probably for as long as I'm alive, unless proved differently. If you didn't do anything wrong, you have nothing to hide. And if a police officer asks you to stop and wants to talk to you, give him everything you got. Give him your time. Give him, give you, give him your full attention because there's no reason not to. You know, officers can tell when you're lying. And yeah. an officer who stops somebody who's honest with them, often they'll get a verbal warning. Sometimes they'll give them a written warning. But when they see somebody lie to them, hey, we're going to give them a ticket. Throw the book, baby. Throw the book. It's-